You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall 64-62 to in Evanston to the Northwestern Wildcats. The loss drops Indiana to 18-8 and on the season and 9-6 and in Big Ten play. Northwestern now in sole possession of second place. And, you know, look, obviously it's frustrating to lose a game like this. Um, you know, and to lose two uh, to Northwestern, you know, despite how good Northwestern has been this season. But, you know, before we jump into analyzing this game and analyzing some of the frustrations, it is important to set the context, which is that, you know, when Indiana went on the road for this two-game road trip, Michigan, Northwestern, I think we all would have been happy to get one. Indiana did beat Michigan, and they darn near stole this one, too. Uh, You know, so overall, a very up-and-down 80 minutes on the road for Indiana – but at the end of the day, you won one and almost won another one. And so I think it's important to frame the rest of the discussion that we're going to have tonight uh, with that. Uh, and with that said, I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms uh, and Ryan Phillips. And guys, let's start this show the way that we start every show. And that is with our Who's Your Proud Banner moment. And, you know, for me, I'm going right there to the end of the game. Uh, it's 62 to 60, Indiana defending. And Miller Cop gets a steal on the inbounds, gets it into Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, for the bucket that put Indiana at 62-62 you know you get one stop and maybe you get another chance to come down and win the game or it goes to overtime and obviously we know what happened there you knew Northwestern was just going to let Boo Booey take it he had been very successful in the second half doing that Uh, but on this one I thought Trey Galloway really deed him up well Boo Booey with an obvious push off that was not called but credit to him for making the shot and Northwestern ends up winning by two But, you know, that play was just, you know, it kind of signified what Indiana did to get back in this game, which is they started making more hustle plays, cop especially, and they got the ball to Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, You know, and Trace, who struggled in the first half, was able to really do it all in the second half, scoring, passing, uh, you know, and he freed himself up for a lob two possessions earlier that Jalen Huchifino threw off the top of the backboard. Um, But Trace was terrific in the second half. And, you know, we'll talk about the first half. Obviously, it's very concerning that Indiana dug themselves a hole that deep, uh, but they were able to battle back and gave themselves a chance to win and unfortunately uh, just weren't able to make the plays or get the calls at the end of the game uh, that would have helped them complete the comeback. All right, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their sixth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their second as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And Homefield Apparel, you guys know by now what they do. They go and they pull old uh, you know, logos and mascots and brand marks out of the dustbin of history for different colleges and universities and breathe new life into them. And they put them on really comfortable materials, whether it's T-shirts, whether it's crewnecks, whether it's hoodies. And good Lord, now they're getting into hats and quarter zips. They've really got it all going at Homefield Apparel. And what's cool is they're constantly doing refreshes. So they refreshed Indiana earlier this year. They're refreshing a bunch of other Big Ten schools. So you always have a reason to go back. And they're doing some pretty fun stuff with their app and with text messaging, where if you get on those lists, you can actually get a pretty good discount, sometimes even better discounts than we're able to give you here uh, with our promo code HOME. But the bottom line is Homefield Apparel is the best apparel website for college sports fans whether you're buying something for yourself buying gifts for others they have something for everybody 
at Home Field Apparel. Go to the website, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Wear one for the team. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And, Andy, we will start with you, your bottoms line on this Indiana loss. Um, <laughs> hard, to, hard to really know where to start, uh, quite honestly. I mean, uh, credit to the guys for really fighting back in the second half, but this was, in a lot of ways, a carbon copy of the first Northwestern game. IU mm-hmm. came out, turned the ball over, let Northwestern get comfortable offensively, and then things really spiraled from that point and, and dug themselves a huge hole and played incredibly hard to, you know, get back in the game and eventually tie it there at the end. I think they will uh, lament a number of missed opportunities, even as well as they played offensively in the second half. There was a couple possessions down five that they, uh, one, they had a fast break, another one, you know, turned the ball over or, or didn't get a good shot. Um, you know, so even for the way that they were able to come back, I thought there was, there were times that they, uh, um, you know, just didn't take good shots. The right guys weren't taking shots. Um, and so I think they'll look back at that. Obviously, the other thing you look back at, it's easy to look at now, is the, the two technical fouls in the first half, uh, one on the bench, one on Mike Woodson. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, the, the challenge with the Woodson one is you touch the officials. So that's pretty much like you're going to get rung up for that. Well, maybe the official uh, should look at him when he's talking to him. Well, That's all he was asking for. Maybe the officials should look Sorry. at the guy traveling right before the play. They got yeah. the bench upset. Maybe the, the officials should open their eyes generally. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot to ask from Larry Serrano. Um, I, I think so. That's where it's easy to look back and say you gave him four points. And it was, you know, something we've seen that go against IU earlier this year where, you know, Underwood got one and then nobody got called for a foul, you know, didn't get called for a foul forever. That is not how it worked out for IU. That did not really serve to uh, motivate the team or, or really propel them back in the game in any way and it ends up in a close game that those four points make a lot of difference that you that you gave up there probably fair to get a technical and give up two of them uh is is there a way to you know not give up you know the other one i I don't really know uh i just thought this game for iu was lost by the effort and the focus in the first half um Mm -hmm. the officials certainly did not help there are a lot of i mean trace gets walked out to the three-point line with the guy's hand in his back and basically shoves him in the back to the point where he he ends up touching the floor on multiple occasions and it just doesn't matter. Um, but at the same time, IU was able to make adjustments in the second half and the way that they were using trace and the post passing that they had in the second half, like could, could that have happened earlier? Race Thompson was out for a long time in the first half. I didn't really understand why he was a guy who was getting open off the ball. And, and maybe there was something that could help stem the tide there. So um, obviously based on that rambling uh, opening for me, a lot of different ways to go with how this game played out. Uh, and, and like I said, in the end, it looks a whole lot like the first game against Northwestern. Ryan, what would you like to rant about this evening? Sorry, I'm just answering people who want me to yell about the officials. Um, <laughs> I, I will say I've watched the replay a couple times. That was an incredibly obvious push. It's worse if every time. If, if you're going to make a call at the end of a game, that's the one you make, quite frankly. And But I, you know with the way this game was called, the officials were never going to call that. They were intimidated by the crowd. They let Northwestern hammer Trace Jackson Davis uh, all game. I mean, there were a number of times Robbie Hillman was like, yeah, that's a foul. I don't know why they're not. I don't know what he has to do to get a call. Um, 
and and Boo Booey just look. I don't blame Boo Booey. That's a natural motion when you're trying to get room for a shot. I don't blame him, but I blame the officials for not calling it. He fully reached out and shoved Trey, Trey Galloway away from him. Galloway was in perfect position, and uh, but that's not why Indiana lost this game. I mean, yeah, that play. If you distill it down to that last couple minutes, that play is the thing that did it. But here's the lesson for Indiana from this one: Don't get down 21 points. Don't score whatever it was, 20 points in the first half. Make your adjustments sooner. And the adjustments were pretty obvious. It was, you can't, I know Mike Woodson loves to run his offense, throwing it to Trace Jackson Davis on the block and let him work. But if they're coming with an aggressive double team on a good defensive team that isn't going to make mistakes, it's going to be impossible to score out of that double team, no matter how good your All-American is. He might make that cross-court pass every once in a while, and you might get something out of it. He might be able to shovel to the other post guy if somebody's late on it. But Northwestern's a very disciplined defensive team. So where did things start to change? When they put Trace Jackson Davis in the middle of the defense. Makes him harder to trap. It's kind of a, wait, who's trapping? Who are we? What? what? And it makes the it puts the defense on its heels and let him attack from there. Turn him into a playmaker instead of the straight post up. And if you don't got it, well, kick it all the way across the floor. A couple times, Trace had bad passes on that. There's one he threw to Miller Cop. Miller Cop had nobody within 20 feet of him, and it went out of bounds because Miller Cop had to jump so high he couldn't get it. Um, you know, Miller Cop's four inches taller. That's a wide open three, but he's not. Um, so I, I just think that those adjustments were obvious to everybody watching the game, and they didn't come until the second half. And by that point, I don't care how good you are, or how great your effort is in the second half. You're walking the thinnest of tight ropes to come back. And look, IU walked that tight rope for most of the game and brought it back and had a chance to win. That is on them. I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the adjustments. But at the same point, I mean, how many teams can come back from 21 points down and actually complete that comeback on the road? It's very difficult. Indiana buried itself in the first half. Again, kudos to everybody involved for the comeback. But you can't be shocked you lose that one and you can't be upset with one call when you put yourself in that position by just not adjusting to what the game was giving you. You knew going in exactly what Northwestern was going to do. If you watch the Purdue game, it's exactly what they did to Zach Eady. It's exactly what they did to Trace the first time they played. And what was the issue the first time? They turned the ball over too much. Well, first half, turn the ball over a ton. Don't get enough shots up. Only took uh, what five three-pointers. I mean, that's the game where you got to run shooters off screens and get something else to take the pressure off trace. They did that a little bit in the second half to get guys to knock down threes. So that's the lesson from this. It's not one call missed. The officials are terrible in this league. They're going to be terrible every game. Don't put yourself down 21 points and expect to win the game. Yeah, well said. I mean, it was really just a game of missed opportunities for Indiana and the officiating was bad. You know, there were some bad calls, you know, both ways. Trace had an obvious goaltend that didn't get called, um, you know, so I mean, the officiating was really bad, but Indiana lost this game, as you guys said, because I just thought we were way too casual in the first half, you know, and this team gets into some stretches like that, you know, where Jalen is too casual with his ball handling and Trace is a little too casual uh, with his passing. Um, and, you know, we saw that a lot, you know, and I kind of started wondering, you know, you've got Trace who pretty much knows he's going to play every minute of the game. Jalen knows he's going to play pretty much every minute of the game. Yeah. And a lot of these guys are playing big minutes. And, you know, what has really struck me in both the Michigan and the Northwestern game is it kind of feels like a team that tries to, whether consciously or subconsciously, paces itself a little bit in the first half because they don't, they don't have quite the same fire and intensity early on. Now, in the second half, you know, they got it and the defense was much better. You know, they're able to make the comeback against Michigan. They completed it uh, tonight. They didn't. 
But, you know, you do wonder if there's a little bit of that there. You know, the announcers tonight are even commenting and people who were there live commenting just about kind of how tired Indiana looked in the first half. But then they snapped out of it and played with a lot more fire and effort yeah. in the second half. So they had it in them. But you do wonder when guys have to play this many minutes, you're probably naturally going to pace yourself a little bit in the first half. And the problem yeah. is Northwestern's good enough to make you pay for it. And they did tonight. It feels like the only guy who lately has been into the game in the first couple minutes. And I don't mean like not showing effort, but like has been warmed up and, and going and not easing his way into the game has been trace. And tonight, Trace couldn't ease himself into the game because they're double teaming him like crazy and all over him. And, and look, some of those are fouls. Like he's, you know, on some of those passes, he's getting his arm hit and it causing a turnover and all that. I understand that that's, that's completely fair to complain about, but you got to have other guys ready to step up as soon as the ball goes up. And, and I'll say, I, I think I, I, I tweeted out, I'm like, the scheme is not helping them tonight. And these, what Northwestern does, and they're a very good defensive team. They find the holes in your scheme and they exploit them. And that's what they did in the first half. Basically, they said, we're not going to let Trace be superhuman. The rest of you have to beat us. And Indiana didn't do it. Indiana looked terrible offensively. And that's why, again, you've got to have a failsafe that's not Trace Jackson Davis just dominating a, po a, a one or two post players or Jalen Huchofino hitting every pull-up jumper he takes. You've got to have something else to offer because guess what? Teams are going to watch that first half. When they go to the tournament, Teams are going to watch that first half and be like, that's what we're doing to them. You know, we may not be able to do as effectively as Northwestern, but we're going to make them uncomfortable and make other people beat us. And that's what they should do. That's what I do against Indiana is double trace, make him have to pass out of a double team across the defense and, 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 and make them run something else. Make them, instead of going to trace on the block where he's most comfortable, make them give him the ball in the middle of the court or make them run somebody off a double screen who doesn't usually score very much and have him beat us. I mean, that's going to be the recipe moving forward. And I'm surprised it really hasn't been necessarily after the first Northwestern game. Now, look, Trace had 24 rebounds in that. Looked like a triple-double threat in that one, just like he did tonight. But that's just because of who he is. If he's not scoring 25 points a game and Jalen Huchifino's not adding 20, 25, Indiana's in trouble. I mean, that's the way it feels right now. It's on those two guys to carry the team. When Xavier Johnson comes back, maybe you get a little more of that. But the other guys have to step up, and they've got to be put in a position to succeed, and I don't think they always are. Yeah, you know, and Andy, I really thought coming into this game, we knew with the way that Northwestern defended that Indiana was going to need to get some wing scoring. You know, we always need Jalen to get going, but we needed it from the supporting guys. To me, I thought if we could get at least 15 to 20 points from Miller Cop, Trey Galloway, and Tamar Bates, that would put us in a good position. We lost by two. Those guys combined for 10. You know, Miller had an uncharacteristic shooting night, made the big one in the second half, but, you know, missed a couple in the first half, hit one off the backboard, you know, had several opportunities where it looked like his teammates and the guys on the bench were actually frustrated that he didn't shoot the ball. Um, you know, and then, you know, Tamar struggled again just to get anything going. And I thought Trey Galloway, you know, Trey Galloway played really well tonight, I thought. You know, and he gives you seven points. And you can live with Trey Galloway's offensive output given the defensive, you know, challenge that he had. He was able to get seven points, six boards, three assists. Trey did his part. Indiana needed more from Miller and Tamar um, tonight from a scoring perspective. Um, you know, and so not getting that really made this, you know, just a much tougher needle to thread for Indiana from an offensive perspective. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I, I just thought 
Uh, I thought Cop was pretty reticent to shoot after a while and ran himself into some tougher shots by not taking a three-pointer and trying to attack a closeout and then attempting to take a runner going toward the hoop. Um, I think his both his two-point shots were essentially the same scenario where could make an argument he could have shot or take a one dribble pull up or something that's a better Trace was visibly frustrated with him. one. Yeah. And I, so, so that I think was a struggle. Certainly the crowd was uh, giving it to him to say the least. Um, as far as that goes, I just thought tomorrow continues to struggle on the road. Just did not, the first three takes it pretty early in the shot clock. It was halfway down. The other shot he took was, I think that was the one Robbie Hummel basically said, this better go in or whatever. It was just not a good shot. Just wasn't in the in the flow of the of the offense at all. And and really the the way that Northwestern was playing, unless you were the guy opposite where you could throw a skip pass to him, you weren't really going to get super clean looks from three. Now maybe that's a place you should have put tomorrow. Who's to say? But he he really uh, continues to to struggle in any kind of rhythm on the road. And then I think played so poorly that Woodson basically was afraid to go back to the bench in the second half and then somehow these guys to your point are summoning the energy to uh, to make the comeback but my goodness I mean if this game goes to overtime I'm not sure what's left in the tank for a lot of these guys um but I I probably would have liked to find out I guess (laughs) as opposed to the result that it was but yeah you just you know second straight game where you you survive against Michigan when those two guys are doing the bulk of the scoring um and race Thompson had a great game was the beneficiary of the the attention that they were given to trace pretty much all of his baskets save for, I think there was a, a ball. They got him in transition where he got fouled and made two free throws in the first half were all the result of, um, of, of trace attracting the defensive attention, making some nice passes and then being able to finish. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a positive sign from him, particularly after, uh, after being out. But yeah, to your point, the wing scoring was, uh, was rough at best. Uh, and those guys also had some struggles on the defensive end, not necessarily to keep guys in front of them, but also just um, communication uh, continues to be an issue with some of the the backcourt players and uh, being able to get out on shooters and, and where they need to be. And and Cobb, quite honestly, has to shoot because he's a guy who's going to get attacked defensively. Um, multiple times Northwestern, you know, wanted to get Bowie against him by running screens. And there was one where it was far enough out on the floor that he and Galloway would kind of keep switching back before they could do anything. Yeah. But that was really the exception. And, you know, for him, you know, he's going to be a guy who's attacked defensively. You've got to find ways to get him, get him shots. And he's got to be confident to take the shots as well. That doesn't mean he didn't contribute at all in the game. I thought he actually did a decent job on Odish and some stretches. Especially yeah. in the second half. Definitely. And obviously the steal at the end that, that tied it. Uh, it wasn't a case where he, he wasn't contributing at all. But uh, it was definitely any game like this on the road, you need somebody to give you an unexpected lift. And I feel like this team's looking around for who that is and just not really able to find it more often than not on the road. Yeah. yeah let me say this about Miller. Uh, you know, obviously the chance from the fans we're not cool with, we're not cool when Indiana's fans do that to, to opponents. I think mean, get more creative with your chance, please say something about Miller. Cup's just, TikTok. Say something stupid. about his TikTok. you know, yeah, champ like, pencil like, neck or something. That's yeah, funny. Like be creative. <laughs> um, and I'll say and I, that goes for Indiana's fans too. Don't, don't say that to Zach Eady either. That's just, it's, it's stupid. Um, but I, uh, let me say this about cop. He missed those first two shots early. And I think he kind of allowed himself to kind of get carried. I thought defensively, the effort was there all night. He just was outmatched by chase Audige. And, and here's the thing in, in a normal circumstance, Xavier Johnson is on boo booey. Galloway is on Audige and Miller cop doesn't have to take that assignment. Um, 
you know, if, if you're healthy. And so that's not an ideal matchup for him. Indiana's going to keep running into not ideal matchups for him uh, as long until they're fully healthy, if that happens this year. But I will say that Cop made some plays for other people. He made some passes that were really nice. He had some hockey assists. He, I thought defensively, he had some good rebounds in the second half, certainly clearing things out. He hit that big shot. Uh, uh, late. He had one that, I mean, it was online. It was the angle he was taking it from and it hit the backboard. And and I think he kind of got a little cold after that. And I don't think he should have, I think he should have kept shooting. You're right. I think that um, two times he, uh, he did shoot when he, uh, he didn't shoot when he should have. And then there was another one he got where he was wide open, but he caught it. It was a bad pass from trace. I mean, it was, it was way too high and he didn't pull it down uh, to the right spot and the, the closeout was there by that time and he passed it up and I think that was one of the ones where the bench was like why didn't you shoot that it's he was out of rhythm off balance he was not going to shoot that uh, I do think there were two he should have pulled the trigger on um, but they were hard closeouts but I think at some point Miller cop needs to be able to shoot against the closeout in, in a situation like that Indiana only hit three threes and still came back and tied it you hit five you win that game you know I mean it's you've got to get when you just hit four (laughs) yeah well no but i mean you know five you feel like it's we only lost by two (laughs) yeah well and you could say the technical fouls and all that too but no the i do think that indiana needs to be able to find shooters more often because they can shoot it trey galloway made one and that was the only one he shot i think wasn't it what didn't he make his only shot how do you know he he missed he 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 missed another one okay yeah that was a corner one i think he missed that's right yeah yeah, he did so but i mean 50 percent, you know and i know he's not a high volume guy but find him you know And, and and so indiana is if it if you get down, you have to be able to hit threes to change momentum and and they just don't do that. It's not part of what they do. And I think it needs to be. And I think it's something that we need to harp on over the last part of the uh, last stretch of the season, because India has got a very difficult schedule coming up. They need to be able to do that. We need to harp on it. Should we talk about it more? (laughs) We talk about it every show. (laughs) I mean, the fan base, we, because there are people who are like, well, they're winning without hitting threes. And I'm like, yeah, for now, like (laughs) it's, you know, I mean, look, they be they were able to beat Michigan without with only shooting six threes, and I had somebody telling me like, "See, they don't need to do it." And I'm like, "What happens on a yeah?" Night? I mean, there, there's, there's two discussions. Two. Like, one, the offense has gotten much better this year. It no has. arguments there. It's a top twenty it offense. Has. The question is, how much better could it be? Yes. And do you need more ways to win? And I think that answer is emphatically yes. Look, man, when Trace and Jalen are going, they're terrific. And sometimes having two you know, NBA level players going is all you need to win a college basketball game, but that's not going to happen every game. And trying to put that yeah. kind of pressure on Jalen isn't smart, it's not fair to them. Especially, especially when you have guys who have demonstrated tired. that they can make shots. So that's all we're saying. And I think and tonight was a perfect example of it. Let's be real. There are going to be games coming up with how many minutes those two guys are playing where they get worn down. It's going to happen guys. And I so mean, you need we just to saw one. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll also say one last thing I'll say is it, in that winning eight of nine, what Mike Woodson's done with the team has been outstanding. And, yep. and, and and I know a lot of people think I hate Mike Woodson. That is not the case. I think he's done a very good job with the team. That doesn't mean I don't still think there are things that could be better with the offensive system. I think the defense is fantastic. In general, the defense rarely fails, fails Indiana. There are stretches where they don't play well. They get caught up, whatever. That's momentum of a game. I think the defense in general is excellent. The offensive scheme has its holes, though. And in the first half, Northwestern exposed those holes and other teams are going to exploit them. It's on Indiana to figure out how to get around that and how to plug those holes and plug those gaps. And that has to happen over the next few weeks. Yep. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's two-point loss to Northwestern, we'll point out tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. It's Gene Steratore, CBS officiating analyst and retired Big Ten basketball official. You know, I have never listened to the assembly call. And to be honest, I don't intend to. But if you listen... Make sure you ignore anything Ryan says about officiating. He's really good from the seat of his pants, but I wouldn't trust him on the court with a whistle around his neck. Time has proven him wrong on virtually everything. Take care. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Thank you, Gene. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's loss to Northwestern. And it is the top of segment two, so you know what that means. Yes, it is time for tonight's Meaningful Moments You Might Have Missed, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans to learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans. Visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. You know, Ryan, I think what you said earlier tonight was correct, that, you know, for as much as we want to talk about some of the missed opportunities in the second half, and there were several, which we'll get to here in a minute, uh, and as much as, you know, I do think officiating is a storyline coming out of this game, Indiana shot itself in the foot and lost this game in the first half. Just way too many, you know, and it almost, it wasn't even as much missed opportunities as just not even giving yourself a chance to have the opportunity with some of the early turnovers. You know, they turned over on the first two possessions of the game uh, and just never able to get into rhythm. You know, but Andy, you know, one thing that, that really jumped out to me, you know, it's 35-17 and I mean, Northwestern has just owned the first half. And, you know, so, you know, in the Michigan game, Indiana was able to make that run at the end of the first half and get a little momentum going into halftime. And Indiana had a couple of opportunities at the free throw line where they got two straight one ones and they missed the front end of both of them. Now, you know, look on the night, you know, Indiana from the free throw line, they picked it up and they ended up 15 for 20 Northwestern goes 14 of 14 uh, from the line. So they didn't miss any of their opportunities, but you know, I just thought those two missed free throws were kind of indicative to me in the first half of just 
kind of a lack, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it was. Again, whether it's pacing themselves, lack of focus, you know, just not quite having that edge, whatever it was, they didn't have it. And so when the opportunities were there, they couldn't take them. And, you know, at times they weren't even giving themselves a chance because of miscommunications on defense or the turnovers. So was there anything else for you that kind of jumped out from the first half, uh, you know, as being especially egregious? Or was it just one of those things where it was kind of a, the whole half was just bad. So there aren't any particular moments that stand out. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely was. I, I, yeah, I, I had earmarked the, those missed uh, front ends as well. Uh, just as a way, I mean, Northwestern didn't really play that well toward the end of the, the first half. It was really, and, and they said this, you know, probably felt like they should have been up by 25. Uh, you know, they finally start calling some fouls again in the first half. You missed the front end twice. Um, TJD had a miss. Uh, I, I think eventually somebody went one or two from the line. Pichofino airballed a wide open three. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, that was that part of the game. The turnovers, it, it's funny, if you look back, they had five of the six in the first half within the first basically nine minutes, uh, nine minutes and change. And they only had one over the remainder of it. So they, they settled down with that, but they really struggled to get into any kind of rhythm offensively. And I think, you know, the turnovers on the first two possessions are like, I mean, you got to be kidding me as you go out. And it, it kind of felt like that set the stage for this to be a, you know, feel like a repeat of the first game and, and, but yeah, I thought the free throws were big. It was it was a chance to see the ball go through the basket when you were really struggling to score offensively. You got them and you know got the second foul on Adige and Bowie, I think, in that stretch as well. And can you capitalize on those things to at least get it down to even if you got it to fifteen at the half, right? And um, you know, luckily they made a nice push, you know, right away out of the gate in the in the first half. But they really didn't gain that much ground. Uh, in the first four minute segment, it took a little bit to get to that. So I'm sure we'll hit some of the plays down the stretch, but yeah, the, the free throw stretch to me in that last four minute segment toward the end of the first half was a, a kind of the first of many missed opportunities to, to chip into the lead earlier than, than what they did uh, and what they would eventually do in the second half. Ryan, you know, the only thing that I actually came away from the first half impressed by it wasn't much. I thought Malik Renew. I, I actually, look forward to hearing this because yeah. I, I couldn't think of anything. No, literally the only thing I walked away from it, you know, when you saw how Northwestern was defending, you know, I got kind of nervous about how Malik would handle it because he's been a guy who's been a turnover machine. I thought he handled the double almost, you know, as well or better than Trace did in the first half yeah, just they, in terms they, of being composed, making passes. We just didn't connect on any of the shots, but he found guys wide open. Yeah. And I thought, again, you know, just showed some growth in terms of being patient, you know, seeing the floor um, and just being able to make some good passes. So just a, a hat yeah. tip to him for some better play in the first half. Yeah. And I was worried about him handling the atmosphere, too. I mean, he, yeah. you know, on the road has been up and down for him. I think that I think vaunted he's Northwestern got, atmosphere. He, well, I mean, just because no, I know. It, the atmosphere <laughs> also of being a game where you're behind by that much. Guys try and rush. They try and do too much. You know, when it's calm and you're kind of in an even game, guys you know, defer to other people instead of trying to make it all about themselves, especially as freshmen. You saw in the first half, Jalen was trying to do too much, too. And, and um, no, I, I was impressed with his ability to sort of stay within himself a little bit and find guys open. They also didn't double him as hard as they were doubling uh, Trace. And the, del- yeah. the it was a little bit delayed, so he had more of a chance to sort of scan the defense. So, But that helped him, and I think it made him more comfortable. I thought the pass in between to, to Trace at one point was really nice, but I was also like, 
maybe just bring it up a little bit so it's not his ankle. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, Trace being Trace figured it out and, and scored it anyway. But he also took that ball off his hip, too. I mean, he didn't handle it well, and it was not a great, not the best pass, but he pulled it. He had the, you know, it, he was calm enough to grab it off his hip, settle himself, look, and then and then make the play. So I was impressed with him, uh, w- with his ability to remain calm. Now, I mean, in, in a game like that, he against the guys he's playing against, he probably needs to find a way to score a little more, yeah. uh, you know, and, and especially if the double's not coming as hard, maybe try and get there before. But I'd like to see them do what they do with Trace and try him at the high post. I know he's not a great ball handler. He has a tendency to travel before he dribbles, but try him out at the free throw line. And 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 I think that when Indiana became the most effective was when they were doing that screen and the short roll with Trace that they did against Purdue that really worked and let him scan the floor and work from there. I'd like to see them try that with Malik a few times, maybe maybe upcoming in a home game, um, because I think that he can handle that really well. He's good with the ball. Uh, as long as he just doesn't try and go too fast and take those steps before he dribbles, I, I think he can be solid from there as well. He made the one really nice play at the end of the shot clock too, where he didn't panic and made a nice pass to yeah. um, to Trace there. I thought for as rattled as everybody else seemed, it kind of speaks to the, the overall point you were making about him. For as rattled as everybody else seemed, even in that situation, shot clock running down, you would feel like his inclination would be just to try to throw the ball at the basket and get it up there, but really showed some poise and, and a nice pass to TJD in that situation as well. A couple more moments, you know, as we look to the second half, Andy, uh, you know, they showed a replay uh, of this play when uh, Indiana was down 51 to 44 uh, and Trace has it over in the left corner is basically falling out of bounds and throws that cross court pass. And what I loved about it is, you know, Trey Galloway didn't sit there and wait for the pass. He went and met it because the pass was a little bit off target. He goes and, it and was meets a, it. A bad pass. Yep, yeah. Goes and meets it and scores. That makes it 51 to 46. And it was a big momentum play. And I thought right after that, Indiana missed an opportunity to close the gap even more. You know, again, they eventually closed the gap and tied it at 62, but there were a lot of, of opportunities over the final seven, eight minutes where they could have maybe done that sooner. And then it doesn't all come down to just one play. And this was a great example of that. You know, the next possession, they get it out in transition. Uh, Trey gets it. He tried to throw it ahead to Scoop, and the pass was just too high, and Scoop didn't have a chance. Then the next possession, it was one of those where Miller uh, passed up a three, drove, missed a floater. And you could see Trace telling him, like, Miller, shoot the ball. You know, just shoot that because he's driving right into the teeth of the Northwestern defense. He thought Um, he was going to ball pick, get around a guy, and the defense came to him. You know, and, yeah. it, and it was, you know, I get it's an instinctive thing, but that he's got, that's one of the ones he should have shot. Uh, I'll say this about that breakaway too. Trey Galloway is such a good finisher. Do not give that ball up. There wasn't yeah, great spacing. It. There wasn't great spacing. Scoop and, and Trace were too close together. The angle wasn't there for the pass. And I think just trying to be unselfish, he tries to go over the top. Also, he's a good teammate. Tamar hasn't got it going. Try and get him a bucket, you know, whatever. Yeah. No. You got to drive, that, get fouled, either, get it up on the rim. Trace is there for a rebound. Either take that yourself or draw the defense and lay it to Trace right there yeah. as the trail. Uh, those are the two options there. Trying to pitch it ahead was a bad, bad idea. And I think Trey knew it immediately when he threw it. And then, you know, Tamar hustled, tried to get it back in bounds, went right to Northwestern the other way. And uh, that's just the kind of mistake in that situation. It's like, okay, you made a mistake, but it, it's those little mistakes stack up over time. Another one was, you know, uh, Race got the ball in the post, double came, and he tried to do a quick pass to Trace, who was slightly open, but Adige was diving right down and stole the ball. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Adige did that a couple race. times down the stretch. Yeah. It was one that Trace tried to go to race on as well, and they had really started to yep. key in on that. Where if you make the skip pass, then at that point that they were trying to take away after you hit a couple threes, you 
maybe get a, a better shot in some of those scenarios. And it, yeah, I mean, and then you got the, the Huchifino lob that almost went over the backboard. I, I don't know. Uh, what there at the end. I mean, he Tracy, had him too. He had him. It was wide <laughs> he open. had him beat. Um, I mean, that should be an automatic for those guys right now. I don't know if Jalen like tried to pull the pass back or what, but that thing almost went over. You're right. I don't know, man. You know, they were playing with we that different. It. They were playing with that different basketball. And I say that only to say we had some shots that uncharacteristically like Jalen airballed that shot. You know, Miller hits Miller's the side were, of the backboard. There were some Miller's passes. Miller's first two were Yeah, so yeah. I kind of wonder if that, you know, messed with him a little bit. It's, it's not an excuse because you should get that ball I mean, and practice with it. But there were just some weird things coming out of and the again, that if, if that if that lob is off by half a foot, you're like, yeah, maybe it's the ball. That was... Yeah, I mean, he I was mean, trying to throw an alley-oop to the guy in the fourth row. It was, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't was, know. I don't really know how to explain it. That was about as off-target of an alley-oop as I've ever seen. Um, you know, I'll tell you the other one, Andy. It's 58-51. to 51, um, And, you know, coming off of that stretch that Ryan just talked about, you know, Trace had that great block on Boo Boo. We go the other way. Uh, you know, Race turns it over. They end up hitting a shot. It's 58-51. So we took a timeout. And Trace basically just took over out of the timeout. <laughs> you know, he uh, scores at the end of the shot clock. Then Jalen found him, uh, scored again. Uh, you know, and 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 just you know to give credit to Trace, who you know again this this feels like the type of game that he really would have struggled to get in the flow as a freshman, sophomore, junior. And this year, he's just you know he's absorbing the frustration and just going out and producing anyway. And so for him to just stick with the game and end up being able to score 23 points and do what he was able to do offensively um, was really impressive. And coming out of that timeout, you know, and Robbie Hummel even mentioned it, it's like he's basically putting this team on his back. It's what he's been doing all season long. Um, and shoot, you know, the other thing that really stood out to me after that possession where it was 56-51 and Race turned it over, I mean, Trace is down in a stance playing all-out defense on the perimeter, yeah. a guy who's played 40 minutes. you know, And that's where you know you didn't see that from him in the first half. So is this a guy who's kind of pacing himself, waiting for the end of the game? But I just thought that leadership by example, where it's like we have got to get us – now, we didn't. you know, They ended up you know, getting a, a bucket in the lane. But I just thought it's, it's one of those things that we're seeing from him, more vocal, you know, calling guys over, uh, you know, being more demonstrative with his body language, playing defense like that. These are some of the things that he's doing this year that we haven't seen from him before. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, again, did everything down the stretch to try and deliver a win, just didn't have enough other guys able to make plays on offense to complete it. But it certainly wasn't for him, you know, for his lack of trying uh, and, and uh, you know, successful ability to, to get it done, really. So anyway, there were a lot of moments in there. Pick yeah, out whichever I, one you I, want to discuss. Yeah, I think he had nine. Well, might have been trying to kind of look back now. I think he had eleven of IU's last thirteen, maybe. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Who had the other? Who had the other one? It was uh, uh, hit that kind of floater. Oh her, yeah, Race had two free throws somewhere in there late too. It's so like, yeah, I, those yeah, and, and you know they started to give Trace the ball out on the floor a little bit more. Um, you know, as they did. And I think he was just more, you know, Hummel kind of basically talked about he was going into that spin almost immediately before the double could get there. Um, and it wasn't that he didn't make good passes out of the double at times. He ended up with eight assists. He had more than half of IU's assists on the game. Um, but, but yeah, really asserted himself and seemed to find an extra gear when it seemed like his tank was on, on empty uh, there down the stretch and, and seemed to be limping around a little bit at times. I didn't know if he kind of like stubbed his, you know, like hit his foot on somebody. That was one of the plays I thought he got hammered in the first half that they didn't call anything on um he kind of came up gimpy from that but it didn't seem like a back injury i don't know if he like rolled his ankle or something I, I couldn't tell what it was but he 
you know, just at times would kind of, kind of hobble around a little bit and then wear and tear, man, go back out, like nothing happened and, and keep playing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's your biggest concern going forward is like, what is the, what is the sum total of all these minutes taking on him uh, and everything that's getting put on his plate right now. Uh, and you know, there's no, there's no breathers uh, down the end, <laughs> down the end of the schedule for, uh, for this team. So they got to figure out ways to try to steal him a little bit of time, but, some of that starts with other guys producing. Although I actually thought, you know, given how race played and we talked about renew playing well, probably an argument to be made. And then the second half, when you're really trying to make a comeback, maybe you can't live without trace, but those were, um, you know, renew was the, the, the lone bench guy who really did anything and, and seemed in the here's flow the, of the game. Here's the funny thing. I, I liked what renew did. He was, they were minus 14 when he was in, I, that shocked the hell out of me to read. Uh, I, he was in know, for that stretch in the first half because race half. sat for a really, really yeah. long time, which I didn't get. I thought race was playing. I didn't understand because he, he played, played relatively back. well. He and TJD have good chemistry on some of those high low yep. uh, plays, and, and and TJD finds him. Yeah, throw know? in the fact that the guy's coming off of a leg injury and maybe sitting on the bench for that, that period of time. I wonder if it was good. a minutes thing with him, and they were trying to save it, him for the it second half. It might be. It's the only I thing that makes that, sense, really. I thought there was a stretch yeah. in the second half. He played really well, and he sat down and came back, and I didn't think he was the same after that. Um, and and I do think with a leg injury and the other injury that happened, I don't know if they've announced it, but with the other, I won't I won't be the one to announce it. But, you know, he kind of had something wrong with him against Michigan. He's okay now, it seems, to play. It was game-time decision because of it, but – um, you know, maybe it is a minutes restriction, but also, you know, letting a guy cool off is never a good idea with any kind of injury. You know, if you're not warm, that's why you see guys on bikes during games and in, in, in other, you know, at other times just to keep warm and keep going. So I don't know. I, I thought race had his best game since he came back from the injury. I thought that, but I thought that what he was doing really well was being a complimentary piece. He wasn't trying to go one-on-one with people very often or anything like yep. that. He was just waiting for the opportunities to come to him and finishing them off. He was also five to six from the line, uh, made some key free throws and, and was really good at being an outlet for TJD. And that's how he scored most of his points. Guys, let's talk numbers here. Uh, you know, a few that jump out to me, Andy, you know, once again, you know, Indiana wins the free throw battle. They make 15. Northwestern only shoots 14. Indiana has really reversed that trend. You know, it was a bad trend there for a while where Indiana was really putting teams at the line and, and we were winning games, but we were at a massive uh, disadvantage free throw wise. And now I think this is the third or fourth straight game where we've done that, you know, and shooting 75% from the line, you'll take that. And so I thought Indiana did Northwestern a good, 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 good shot 100%, by the way. Well, they did, but I mean, we still made more than they did. So <laughs> that's the did, thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's on the good side and obviously the field goal percentage, you know, Indiana was able, would be shooting the second half. Uh, we ended up shooting 67% from the field in the second half, um, you know, and held, you know, Northwestern ends up shooting much worse than that, uh, for the game. But the big one that stands out like a sore thumb is turnovers. Again, you know, Northwestern forces 13, we're only able to force four. Um, you know, when you look at, you know, kind of the, um, you know, the, the, defensive disruption stats indiana has two blocks and one steal and when indiana's you know playing better defense it's more blocks they're getting more steals and a big part of that was just you know the first half was just pretty casual defense um and you know they just weren't able to do enough in the second half uh those numbers stood out to me what else stood out to you uh how about what this i didn't realize they shot this many eight of 33 from three for northwestern yeah they only took 24 twos 
Yeah. That's insane. Fifth, they were three. A lot of those were good looks too. We got kind of lucky that they shot uh, three of 15 in the second half for them. I I will say we kept them off free throw line in the second half. They only had two free throws. Um, I, I, the turnover stat, I agree. uh, Jared stood out to me, but Indiana also out rebounded them. Was it 36 to 25? I mean, just crushed them on the boards. And it didn't seem like that early. It seemed like Northwestern was getting a lot of, I mean, they didn't really get a lot of offensive rebounds, but it seemed like on some key plays, they got offensive rebounds to extend plays. Um, but they only had five and Indiana did a good job, but again, we'll highlight, we do it every game, but we highlight it only 11, three shot only made three. I, I, I'm sorry. I just feel like you've got to make more threes. If you want to win games on the road, especially at home, when trace is going to, you know, go off and your role players are going to play better. You can score from wherever, but I feel like on the road, especially when you get down, you got to make more than three threes to win a game. Thank you, Andy. Uh, Andy, over to you. I'm sorry. I thought you said me. <laughs> I'm being distracted, so I apologize. Uh, you, know, you know, what's funny about the turnovers is Northwestern only got six points off of them. It, so it wasn't like it led directly yeah. to points. The, the problem was, you know, early on, they kept IU from getting into a rhythm. And in the second half, when they turned the ball over seven times, I, I mean, they scored 42 points in the second half, and that was with turning the ball over seven times. Like, you were cooking offensively in the second half and you just gave away seven trips where you know you score on two of those you win the game um and and so that was where you had some of those that were just guys fumbling passes there was the one from tjd early that went over cop's head there was another one that i think went through race's hands i want to say or maybe it was race to trace it what one of them kind of went through their hands we talked about the the uh transition one when galloway threw it away we talked about the hutchifino pass off the off the top of the backboard, you just, as well as they got to be playing for as bad as they were offensively in the first half, they were playing just as well in the second half and to give away seven possessions is, is a big one. The other thing you look at fast break points and just as a, a means to discuss the tempo of the game, you know, against a team like Northwestern, the way they want to defend, I thought the first half was really played at the pace that Northwestern wanted. Yep. Uh, IU struggled to really do much in the half court. They weren't able to get TJD the ball where he could score. And in that middle stretch of the second half, they were gassed. Uh, IU was gassed and, and was just like limping to the under eight timeout. But there if was they hadn't called there. a timeout earlier, I would have yeah. called one there. But they, there were only, they only had two left, though. Yeah, they used two in the first half. Yeah, there was a stretch there where they, it was really up and down. Northwestern was taking some bad shots. You got Audis trying to, you know, play play the hero and, and make some crazy shots. And, and IU got the ball in transition and um, at least got them in some scramble situations. It was one... I think it was – I thought Cop was going to shoot a three, but one of the bigger guys in Northwestern was closing out on him. And so they ended up kind of pulling the ball out. But it was in the midst of that run where it was like, man, if you can get a good shot in this yeah. – in the run of play here, how do you, you know, just get a little bit more momentum? I, I thought that was when they played well. I just think it speaks to the tempo that most of the game was played at that really isn't one where IU wants it to be and is not and is one that's going to make it tough for IU um, given the way that Northwestern defends. What's really funny about this matchup is on paper, it's a really good matchup for Indiana. And Michigan was a terrible matchup for Indiana on paper, solely on paper. The difference is Northwestern sticks to its system, plays exceptionally hard, and is very disciplined defensively, which is the exact opposite of Michigan. And so a really disciplined team that is not a good matchup for Indiana has given Indiana fits, whereas the very athletic team that you would think would be the one to really make Indiana struggle was not. 
And, and so I think that's really interesting about these two games, these back-to-back games, is they played two completely different styles of team. Now, both have been close games, and both Indiana has trailed and come back in. It's just interesting that it seems like Northwestern gave Indiana way more trouble and ironically, played. Michigan's the only team Northwestern can't beat. They beat it's true. <laughs> and you understand why, though, looking at them on paper, you're like, well, they got lottery picks and they got all these athletic tall guys. And Northwestern doesn't have much size. You know, they've got these guards who are playmakers, but an athletic guy can stick with them. I, I Look, I think if you have Xavier Johnson in both of these games against Northwestern, I think you win a healthy Xavier Johnson, like fully healthy. I think you win both of them because it helps you defensively, helps your offense offensively and gives yeah. you another weapon on the floor who can score and, and can get in the, you know, the one thing that I thought was missing from tonight's game was Trey Galloway attacking the middle of the floor and using his floater. I think he got one, but I did, I don't know if it went in. I don't remember. I don't, I don't really think so. I think that was the first half and I don't think it went in. Yeah. I don't think it went yeah. in. And I think that, that that's something that could expose them is somebody getting into the middle of that defense when the double, so the double team can't come even one of the guards. And, you know, that's not what Jalen tends to do. He had one late, but he tends to take two dribbles off of that screen and pull up from about 18, from about 17 feet. Uh, That's more his game. Uh, He's not really a get into the teeth of the defense and floated in over them. He goes off the glass if he's going to get in that deep. So it's, that's something I think could have exploited it. And Xavier's really good at doing that. So, I think that's how you beat them is you attack the middle of the floor with whether trace or a guard or something and get things moving that way. And they just didn't have that tonight. And so I think that, that again, another missed opportunity to attack from that direction. The only other number uh, that I want to point out is in the second half, Northwestern only had one player who made more than one bucket and that was boo booey. He went five for eight from the field. Chase Adige was one for nine. Robbie Barron, one for five. As a team, they went 10 for 30. And really, you know, I just want to give Boo Booey credit. I thought he was terrific in the second half. Every time they needed a bucket, they would basically just clear out. And even against good defense, he found a way to score. Now, obviously, you know, he pushed off there at the Drake, end. We Drake can call Harden that veteran, veteran savvy or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, but I thought tonight... You know, look, Jalen made some tough. Some of those shots he made, aside from the last one, some of those shots he made were just very tough. I mean, yes. he just made them. You know, that's what I mean. It was yeah, decent defense, he, just better offense. He was I mean, a, he's just, he's a senior point guard that made plays down the stretch. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and and he was able to outplay. You know, and I thought Jalen did a lot of good things in the second half. Boo Booey was just a little bit better. Um, you know, but unfortunately, the way that you know the formula works for Indiana, they need Jalen to go win games like that, like he did against Michigan. Um, you know, and so tonight, Chase Adige really came out scoring early. Uh, Indiana locked him up after that. He also maybe got a little shot happy and took a few bad shots. Uh, but Bowie was there at the end when Northwestern needed it. And that's why having good experienced senior guards uh, is so helpful. You know, and Indiana is missing its senior guard. I agree. I think this is another game where, Z- you know, Xavier Johnson's absence really stands out um, for Indiana. Just- but credit's Northwestern because those two guards have been such a big part of the reason why they're winning. And it was again tonight. Well, especially Just, against the the ball pressure that they have, to really have another guy who is um, who is comfortable with the ball in his hands to allow you to give rest. I mean, re- realistically, the reason Jalen Hunter-Fiener didn't go out is because I, I I don't think anybody wants to imagine what this game look would look like in a stretch with those guys pressuring the ball and him not being on the floor. Yeah, and that's not a knock on Galloway, but I think being able to have him and Galloway on the floor for most of the game is is. you know was a a must tonight and and the result of that means he can't sit down at all and and logs another game with with huge huge minutes so i I, if nothing else just missing a guy who can 
give some of those minutes as a competent ball handler, let alone what X brings on the defensive end. Andy, just keep yeah. talking. I, I love it like when Ryan has something I, to say. I, I do. Because really he can't do. hold it in. I really I do. Trying, I really I'm just going to jump at some point. You know it's not worth it. It's, it's too late here. I can't. No, I, I, I want to say this to everybody. Uh, Bowie and Adige, both seniors, finally. It seems like they've both been there for 20 years. The one problem is they both have a COVID year if they want to take it. So <laughs> we might have to mm. face them again. Wow. But my God, I really hope we don't. They always just kill IU, both of them. Uh, they have, man. Credit to Northwestern. They've now won, what is it, four out of the last five against Indiana. We're not, Northwestern's the new Rutgers, uh, in a sense. Just, I mean, they've just really had Indiana's number. Um, did again tonight. You know, last Indiana loses by one at home, two tonight. You know, so both games close. Indiana almost scrambles back but just unable to make the play so and by the way northwestern they jalen almost made that half quarter at the end he did i mean that was inches away from going in it wasn't one of those where it hits the bottom of the rim or the side it was right on line and like yeah very close Mm -hmm. yes it was all right uh andy do you want to do a final thought now or do you want to do it on the other side of our break I i can just do it now uh it's been it's been a long week. I'm glad my uh, my wife is home from she was taking care of her mother-in-law who had knee replacement. So mm. I managed to keep uh, both kids uh, in in school, alive, fed, everything for kids alive. Part, house didn't burn down. The better part of five plus days, and all uh, good. I am I am well for, done. I, I would not even really consider myself a single parent in that window, but for people who are single parents, I have no idea how you do it. Dude. Um, and your kids are older seriously. too. Yeah. They're very and very yeah. well behaved. They have a lot more activities to get to and things like that. But anyway, so uh so yeah, so I'm calling it a night. Uh I might be undoing the work tomorrow night, depending upon uh Kathy's status. So um nice. yeah, just a it's 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 one of those where you like the effort in the second half and and love that this team didn't give up and, and fought till the very end. Uh what you hate is the fact that they put themselves in that position, and I think that'll be you know, probably the thing to remember about this game and the thing to remember about the first Northwestern game, quite honestly, uh, and kind of thought coming in that the way they played in that game would, you know, they feel like they've been on this somewhat of a, a revenge tour of sorts where by beating some of the teams they've beaten. And it, it felt like, you know, this was setting up to be one that, all right, can you exercise the demons of a game that you played really poorly in uh, early in the year? And they weren't able to do that for uh, a, a variety of reasons. So I think that was disappointing. And, and for me, uh, being able to go back home after that is going to be important when you really have to win against Illinois as you look forward to trying to get um, that double by you really got to win the home games that you've got left on the schedule and and can you find a way to to get a split in the in the road games that you have I think if you can do that you feel pretty happy uh, with how things go down the stretch so they they just need to bounce back um, you know this weekend take care of business at home against Illinois right the ship a little bit um, and uh and go back from there so you know you're going to look up at the end of the season and you got two losses in northwestern by three points and it felt like in large portions of both those games it wasn't that close um so it, it just something to to learn from and and obviously as you think of lingering questions the biggest one is I, I just don't know how sustainable it is to continue playing some of these guys this many minutes um but the reality is other guys are being given a chance in some regard i think we can argue whether they're being you know, whether running stuff for them is a way to give them a, a better chance to be successful, but you're just not having enough other guys step up right now. It doesn't have to be the same guy every game, but, um, you know, live, living on can our, our two best players outscore or, or come close to outscoring the other team is a, is a pretty dangerous proposition as you move forward. So got to figure out something with that. 
maybe a home game is what something that gets tomorrow going and, and gives him a chance to carry it on the road. But um, definitely got to get those guys some help at some point. Uh, it, it just, it, it just can't be sustainable uh, what they're doing right now. And it's admirable what they've done and how the team has played. And uh, definitely a case of when you look back at this last stretch of basketball, trying not to, uh, you know, jerk the wheel too much in, in one direction as you, you take a loss and don't play very well uh, in doing it. So that's the other thing trying to keep in mind. Uh, and, and perhaps this run of play would suggest that it is sustainable to play that way, but I just don't know that in the long term uh, that's really the case. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it, it pans out. But, you know, like this team's chances to bounce back on Saturday to uh, refocus a little bit, good home crowd and uh, noon start that Ryan is really excited about, I'm sure. So thrilled. Uh, look forward to that one and uh, get back on track from there, hopefully. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Andy. As he said, uh, he may be on doing the work tomorrow night after IU plays uh, Michigan. We will not be having assembly call radio again. Women are playing. We're going to put the focus on them. So listen to doing the work uh, after that game. Thanks, Andy. All right. See you guys. All righty. Coming up here on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and Hoosier Hustle Award. We'll discuss a few lingering questions and then we will look ahead to what Indiana has coming up on Saturday against Illinois. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com match just go to indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Anthony Leal. What's the only thing better than being a hometown Hoosier? Having a friendly place to hang out online after IU games, no matter where in the world you may be. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach right here after every IU basketball game. That's right, Anthony. Thank you. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. You can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, no matter how early it starts, no matter how late it ends. Uh, you can catch us at our website, assemblycall.com. Make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops newsletter. It's join.assemblycall.com is the URL to sign up. That's join.assemblycall.com. Uh, all right. And because, Ryan, we are not doing a show tomorrow, we need to talk about our normal assembly call radio sponsor. Uh, we're going to talk about them tonight. Uh, and that is True Blood Real Estate. You've seen their signs uh, at Assembly Hall. They are a new uh, sponsor for our show, a new sponsor for Indiana, Jim Trueblood, who founded uh, Trueblood Real Estate, a longtime friend of mine, a guy I went to middle school with. Um, and he's been helping people in Indiana buy and sell properties since 2006. 
And starting this season, as I said, True Blood Real Estate, the exclusive and official real estate partner of IU Athletics with a team of talented agents to serve you in Bloomington and throughout Indiana. If you are looking to buy or sell real estate in Indiana, you need to experience the True Blood Advantage. Go to TrueBloodRE.com to learn more. That's TrueBloodRE.com and tell them the assembly call sent you. Um, all righty. Well, Ryan, it is time for our game balls, and our game balls brought to you by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com, and when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services, 23 in honor of TJD. Uh, let's talk more about TJD because he's the clear game ball winner. Uh, what else is there to say about this young man that has just been phenomenal all season long? Well, I want to read to. off. I want to read off his first half stats when they really weren't doing a lot to help him out with that double team. He had five points on three shots. He only got three shots up in the first half. Um, six rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, and one block. Second half, eighteen points, six rebounds, two turnovers, one block in seven in twenty minutes. Played the whole second half. Uh, plus seventeen in the second half for TJD. I know flawed stat, whatever, but the, I mean it was pretty obvious he was the guy for Indiana and Indiana as a team. Plus seventeen in the second half. Um, Funny how that yeah. works when the guy plays all 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, when he's at his best, Indiana is largely unstoppable. Um, so they need to put him in position to, to be at his best at all times. 23, 30, 23 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. Uh, he did have four turnovers, but a lot of those are because of the double team and just not, you know, being able to adjust to it, right. Not be having the, having great outlets and, and not having guys moving as much played 39 minutes as well. Minus two, uh, which was the final difference in the game. Um, I, I don't know what more you can say about him. I mean, the, the numbers, the points weren't as high as we've seen from him in the past. He had 18 the first time against Northwestern. He clearly struggles against that defense a little bit, but he got it going enough in the second half. They, he found ways to make it happen. 7-11 from the field, 9-11 of 11 from the free throw line. You can't have a problem with that. The only question is, why didn't he have 15 shots? And and that's the defense. I mean, it's all Northwestern's defense. They they game plan to take his shots away. And so you got to find either, you got to do two things. You got to find ways to get him shots that aren't going to be back to the basket post moves because that's exactly what Northwestern's taking away. He's too good at that. They're going to take that away. So you got to find him other ways to get the, get him the ball in places he can do damage, or you got to get other guys to start hitting shots. And you saw it as soon as they hit a couple threes in a row, the double was a lot later coming to trace and they were doubling from different angles and he was able to beat guys one-on-one -on -one and get some buckets. So it's about the scheme, you know, helping him out a little bit more in games where teams specifically game to take him away. And that's going to be something India is going to have to adjust to going down the road. But I thought he fought through it as well as he could tonight. You're right. There was a little bit of, I think, I think the look on his face in the first half wasn't, you know, lackadaisical or whatever. I think it was, oh, here we go again. Like, you know, against these guys, we're facing the exact same thing again. We got to, we got to be better. And it looked like frustration more than anything else for me. And then he was a huge part of getting them going in the second half. And he was the leader from the front. And I understand some of the frustration, you know, I, I do think too. As, as, we, as we look back on the first half, you know, I've gotten my notes here. It was 25, 12. We got it to trace at the top of the key, let him drive. He got fouled, you know, avoided the double. And I think, you know, as you start to think back about that first half, look, obviously the players didn't execute. Like some of the turnovers, that's not Mike Woodson making lackadaisical passes. No, of course that's not. Jalen Huchfino with a bad pass. Trace with a bad pass. Like that stuff you just can't do. Bad plays in transition. <clears throat> that's, that's not on the coach. But, you know, the more I think about the first half and, and kind of the theme that we've talked about is this staff is good at making adjustments. It just feels like they come too late. 
I would agree. I kind 100%. of don't understand why we didn't play in the first in the first half like we did in the second half and move Trace around more. You know, the big difference between Trace and Zach Eady is, you know, Zach Eady has one way to beat you, and he's amazingly efficient at it, but you can't do a lot of different things with him. With Trace, you can. You can get him the ball in different places. You know, you can do different things. And so I think as we think about the first half, you kind of wonder if you change some of that stuff up, does it get him a little bit more juiced up? Does it get the offense going a little bit more? It's a very it just felt like it just felt like we were happy to settle with playing into their hands in the first half. And I don't it's not like what they did was shocking. So I don't quite understand why it took us so long to to adjust exact, to it. exact same thing they've done to us the last couple times we played them, exactly what they did to Northwest or to, to Purdue, I mean, over the weekend. You saw it. I mean, you watched them and you were like, what did you see from Northwestern? They high pressured the young guards and they doubled Edie hard. That's exactly what they did to Indiana tonight. And so I agree. Like, I, I again, you have to give the staff credit for making adjustments at halftime. But those adjustments could have come at the under eight timeout. They could have come at the under four timeout. They could have come at the under 12 timeout where things weren't working well. Get Trace moving, put him in the middle of the floor, something we've asked for all year. Put him in the middle of the floor and let him work. And maybe it doesn't work. Maybe that's that doesn't work in the first half too. But at least you're trying something different. They ran some pick and roll a little bit after the first stretch where they weren't doing so well. But then they kind of went back to the straight post-ups. And it's that's it. You're playing right. I tweeted out. You're playing right into their hands by throwing it straight into the post and having Trace basically turn towards the basket right into a double team. And the only option is to go over their hands across the court. Now that's open, but it's not an easy pass because you're having to go over a tall guy straight to a corner. And by the way, they've got a guy kind of ducking down, trying to play center field to try and steal that pass if you don't throw it perfectly. So I just think the adjustment needs to come earlier. Again, credit to the coaching staff for making the adjustments late. I thought he drew up some good stuff in the second half. I thought that the second half of the second half, when they slowed down, they again started attacking them a little bit differently, started making some adjustments, but it just came way too late and that they need to be proactive with that stuff. Also, some people are upset about Indiana getting those 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 technicals. I have no problem with Mike no Woodson getting that No problem technical. with that at all. That is a non-issue. A total and and the, the technical from the bench, all they did, uh, you could see it. All they did was yell that they missed a travel that was very obvious. I mean, it was obvious from me watching on television from that angle. And on the floor, it had to be very obvious. Not only did he travel going into his jump stop, he dragged his pivot foot again, and they screamed about it, got a tech, and Woodson was absolutely right to basically say, hey, look, you missed a call. Don't be mad at us for correcting you on a bad, bad call. Yeah. And yeah, he touched the official because the guy turned his back on him and would not listen to him talking, which is disrespectful. And he should have listened to him. You already called the technical. You need to let you need to let the coach vent a little bit. Any other coach gets the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, agreed. He should get no benefit of the doubt. And we've no talked about it many times why that might be. But. And I have Obvious and I have tonight. zero problem with that four shot window there I, because I thought that the bench was absolutely right to complain. And I think Mike Woodson was absolutely right to be furious about the technical. So the call was so bad. Armand Hill jumped up. <laughs> like, I mean, Armand Hill doesn't moved. show much emotion on the bench. He got up and was yelling. So, no, I have. Look, I mean, obviously, in a two point game, you can look back on it and say, "Ooh, without those, it was early in the game. Plus, you're kind of trying to spark your team. You know, yeah, I think what was the I, yeah. what was the score there was nothing else going point? on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I Indiana was, was not playing well. It was 21 12. And the first possession after that, we forced a shot clock violation. Now, they, of yep. course, ended up going on a big run after that. Yep. No, I have no issue because the officiating for the first 10 minutes was terrible. You had to make some kind of point. 
you know, and unfortunately, just Indiana has been behind the eight ball. We've talked about the reasons why. I think Woody has brought some of this on himself. So, you know, but you call a technical, the guy should at least listen to him, you know, instead of just walking away. I mean, the whole situation was very frustrating, but I am not looking on that with any regret or thinking that that, you know, cost Indiana the game at all. I think at that point you had to do something, um, and they did it, and, you know, whatever. Uh, just a, yeah. That was just a very frustrating portion of the game. Uh, that is 15 game balls now for Trace Jackson Davis, which actually seems somehow like not enough. It <laughs> feels like he has more, but the, the, the game balls are much like more spread around one. early in the season. Yeah. Now for the past month, it's just, it's kind of like the big 10 player of the week. It's just trace, trace, trace. Uh, okay. There's our game ball. Let's talk now about the Hoosier hustle award. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, Visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Thank you, Anthony. Much appreciated. Uh, who's your hustle award time? Ryan, who gets your hustle award tonight? Well, you got to go to me first. This is a tough one. Um, you're the only other one here. Let me see. Hold on. Well, you could have given it to yourself. Okay, fine. Um, I'll go. I know who I'm picking. Okay, go ahead. All right. I'm giving it to Trey Galloway. Uh, I thought Trey it's played. I, I thought I thought Trey played really good defense all night long. You know, again, you know, he, Trace plays thirty nine minutes. Jalen Hinchfino plays forty. Trey Galloway thirty seven minutes. I mean, didn't get much rest. And what I really liked from Trey tonight, you know, Trace did not have his typical rebounding game. He only had ten. You know, which isn't only as much 10. as only ten. Uh, and I thought Trey really stepped up uh, on the glass, getting six rebounds, um, which was nice. But, you know, I just thought, again, you can kind of always default to Trey as a as a hustle guy. But I just thought he made a lot of big plays for Indiana. You know, there were several. He didn't get, you know, blocks and steals, but he had several deflections that just kind of took Northwestern out of um, what they were trying to do. You know, he, he would kind of stunt at a guy a couple times and act like he was going to go for the steal, and that got him out a little bit. So it was just it was just little Trey Galloway stuff all night long. And, yeah, you know, he made some mistakes in transition uh, and some of those things, but I thought in a game where – you know, I didn't think it was really 40 minutes of the kind of all-out effort that you want from Indiana. They really, again, kind of paced themselves into the second half. I thought Trey was at least given it for most of his time out there. Yeah, he was on my list for that. I, I, I'm just, I'm looking at stats. I, I do think this is the plus minus from this game is wacky. Stop it's, looking it's, at plus minus. I know it's just funny. Stop looking like, at it, stop talking about it. <laughs> like race was only a minus one in the first half, and everybody else is like minus nineteen, minus seventeen. But um, now you know I, I like what Trey did. Boo uh, Boo, he did get twenty one, and Trey was guarding him for most of the night. But I thought it wasn't an effort thing. I thought that the guy just made no, he tough made shot. him. Yeah, 
Yeah, he just made tough shots repeatedly, and he put him into those tough situations. So I'm, I'm good with giving it to Trey. You know, the six rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. Um, but yeah, he played 37 minutes is tough. I would give it to Jalen. I just thought I, I thought Jalen's first half was not good uh, on, on either end, really. I thought he made some mistakes defensively. Obviously, offensively, he was trying to force some things, probably because Indiana wasn't doing a whole lot. So I think he, you know, he was three of 10 from the field. I thought a lot of his pull-ups were forced. Um, but, you know... I, I think Trey was out there and, you know, the, the reason I'm considering Jalen is he played 40 minutes, but um, I do think that, that Trey is the guy you got to give it to here. Also a, a sort of head nod to race Thompson, who I thought played really well in his 25 minutes. Probably I would say he played really well for about 18 of that 25 or, or 19 of that 25. Um, I just think he struggled when he came back at the end. Interesting thing is the starters were on the floor for the last eight minutes and 12 seconds of the game. No mm-hmm. substitutions after that at all. So that's unusual to say the least, but when I mean, he has the guys you, he trusts, man, but who are you going to go with? with? Yeah. I mean, Jordan Geronimo only played four minutes, which, yeah. you know, was, was a very, was very strange, but um, you know, tomorrow you know, in a played, game like this though, where you're so worried about turnovers and that kind of ball pressure, it's not really a great game for Jordan. No, it's, it's not at all. It's just odd that they didn't even try and steal minutes with him. Like they played eight guys and Tamar Bates had 17 minutes. Jordan Geronimo had four and Malik Renew had 11 and you only got three points out of your bench. Like, that was all starters all night. And so it was on the starters when they fell behind and it was on the starters when they came back. There was no spark from anywhere. It was just, you know, coming off the bench to change momentum or anything like that. It was just those starters had a yeah. bad first half and a good second half. Um, and I'll, I'll toss in a, an honorable mention for Miller cop too, uh, who I thought in the second half played his butt off defensively and just had a couple of those Miller cop plays that he always seems to have in the last 10 minutes of game. You know, he dove, he, well, he shot faked and lost the ball, but then dove to save the possession and ended up, ended up with trace free throws, his steal uh, there toward the end. You know, he made some good plays down the stretch. So, uh, but Trey Galloway gets it. That's his sixth. He leads Indiana. Let's talk lingering questions. Um, Andy's lingering question uh, was very fair. Probably the number one question coming out of this game how sustainable is this? Um, because, you know, playing in the Big Ten against teams of this caliber, like Indiana's good and they can make comebacks, but you can't pace yourself for 20 minutes and then come out and just expect to win it in the second half. Um, and so, you know, this is a question to be answered. You know, if Xavier Johnson can come back, I think Don Fisher said on the pregame that he was still a week or two away, you know, but we're nearing it. I mean, he's going to get back on the court. What does that look like? How much pressure is he able to take off? I mean, there's a whole host of questions there. Um, but, you know, I, I think we are all rightly worried about, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, I mean, Trace has been playing at such a high level. If he's not superhuman, you know, we're not winning some of these games. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it's easy. And I know, you know, Woody, after the last game said, you know, look, I had back surgery. I came back and I played 40 minutes a game after that. You know, he's a young kid. He'll have plenty of time to rest. He is right about that, but he's also not a machine. Asking, Yeah, you're asking Asking a lot on both ends from Trace. So, you know, it's something to monitor. I mean, I think right now with the formula this team has, they kind of have to play this way. So I get it, you know, when every win is so important, but what is this going to look like here in March? So that is a lingering question. The other one I want to talk about, because we're not going to have any answers here and nothing's going to change with it. The I'll other one I want to let me, let me just, let me just comment on that. The Woodson yeah, yeah. statement about, I played 40 minutes. Like 
we're not back in the day, Mike. They play more games now. They travel more. They, you know, I mean, it's not the same. And I hate when guys do that. Like, I, I, I love what Woodson's done with this team. I will I reiterate it again, but I hate that mentality. It's like, you know what? You put too much on these guys, they're going to break eventually. And I don't mean like their spirit. I mean, like physically, they're going to break. We saw it at times last year. Race Thompson played too many minutes last year. And you saw it at the end of the season. What happened to him? He fell off a cliff. Trace struggled for a while and got a second wind and was good. But these guys, you cannot run them down forever and expect peak performance. You've seen at the end of a couple of these games, Trace Jackson Davis having no legs from the free throw line. A couple times it's happened over the last month. Now, they've won those games. You know, uh, they've tended to win those games. But you can see it wear guys down. And and so I don't think you can just say, now nah, you can play 40 minutes, he'll be fine. That stuff builds up over time, and it sneaks up on you when you most need it, when you need it in a game like this. I didn't see it tonight. I saw them all very tired, but Northwestern was real tired too. I didn't see any specific No, we looked more like, tired in the first half than we did yes, in the second half. That's I, I would the agree, and I think that that stuff wears you down. So I, I do think that you can't just rely on, oh, they're young, they'll be fine. Like, man – He's doing so much for you on both ends. And so is Jalen that eventually that stuff will come back to bite you. And so obviously they want to get X back. That will take some of the pressure off Jalen in the post. Malik's got to step up and play more. Jordan's got to step up and play more race has to be healthy and play a little bit more to give this guy some breaks where they can. Cause all these games in the big 10 are going to be tough down the stretch. Indiana has a very difficult schedule. They had the hardest schedule in the Big Ten before the season, and then all six of the teams they only play once are at the bo- wound up at the bottom of the conference. So this is going to be a real rough stretch, and they need other guys to step up and play some minutes, and they need to be willing to let Trey sit some, especially if they get up, say, 10 in the first half or something like that. Give him five minutes here or there. Try and get him healthy. Try and get him, you know, rested. And it'll happen at some point, I, I think, but – that definitely needs to be a mentality moving forward is to find spots for him to rest. He did get one minute off tonight, and it was like, oh, he got a rest. Good for him. Like 37 uh, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you know, do the old thing that the Lakers would do with Shaq. Sit him, you know, pull him out 30 seconds before the, the next media timeout. Get him, like, you know, at what's actually game-wise, you know, a minute of rest, but it's actually about 10 minutes or something like that. Like, yeah. you've got to make those adjustments and get him off the floor. Yeah, you know, and, and Malik, I think, is playing better to be able to anchor things for a for few sure. minutes, you know, and maybe you play a little differently and go small with shooters around him and, you know, just try and do something different. I agree. I will say, though, it is good that Mike Woodson has that story to draw on because he can certainly speak with authority when he's telling a guy to play that many minutes. You know, and so it is a double-edged sword. I agree with you. I think you got to be careful putting this much on a guy, but knowing that your coach did it, uh, you know, is at least helpful if you're going through that. The lingering question that I want to discuss, though, and again, you know, we don't have time tonight to solve it, but, you know, I think we all believe in Tamar Bates' talent, and we've seen his shooting ability, you know, and his shooting numbers are still good, but boy, he has really struggled, you know, now, ever since the Michigan State game. He hasn't been in double figures since then. He's had a lot of zero-point games. He really seems out of sync offensively where he looks like a guy who knows he's expected to score, tries to get in there to do it, but just takes shots that are kind of outside of the flow of the offense and doesn't really seem to get a lot of shots in the flow of the offense now. And so, you know, we've talked about, hey, is this the kind of guy that you would want to run stuff for when he comes in? We agree that it is. It doesn't seem like that's happening. And so I guess my question is, you know, how long do you let, Tamar plays 17 minutes and scores zero points when that is the number one thing he's giving you. And at some point, do you say, well, shoot, 
you know, let's let Caleb take some of those minutes and at least he'll get rebounds and get some hustle points. You know, I don't I don't think you put CJ in there yet. I don't think he's, you know, proven enough that no. that he's quite if ready, he were, especially if were with his shots. Shot. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You've got to get production out of that spot. And right now, Tamar's not giving you production. Now, I think given his shooting percentages, I think if you can find more ways to get him shots in the flow of the offense, to me, that's the best path forward. But if you're not going to do that and he's going to continue to struggle, it seems like at some point you might need to do something else with those minutes because this has been an extended slump for him now. So I, I don't have the answer here. That's why I think it's a lingering question. But, you know, that's 17 minutes where you get zero points out of a guy who's supposed to score and you lose by two. You know, the, these margins are small in Big Ten play. So no, that, and it's, a, it's an issue that has to get solved, whether you solve it with getting him going or giving those minutes to somebody else. They've got to get more production from those minutes. Yeah, I, I think... It, I, I don't know. I, I think that Tamar's upside is such that you need to just bank on him figuring it out. I really do. And at home, we've seen him play well, not necessarily recently, but at home, we've seen him play well. I thought he played well against Purdue and only hit the one shot. I'm pretty sure he only had the one three. Yeah. Oh, no, he like and a then, guy what, who was ready to explode that game and then never got I know. And he, had, he had three free throws too. But <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do think that you have to bank on him figuring it out on the road. I, you really do because you need that scoring punch. I agree. Um, and so I, I think you have to keep going, especially because there's not there's not an easy option off the bench. You know, CJ Gunn, again, early in the season, looked like he might be that guy. He's shooting an 8% from three, you know, and I don't, defense isn't your problem. And he's a very good defender, but defense isn't your problem right now. It's getting. And defenses do to have to respect tomorrow, and they do. Oh, I mean, he provides space and he's out there. But so, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I do think you need to keep riding with him. And hopefully against Illinois, maybe we see an explosion. Uh, and, and maybe that gives him the confidence to keep going. Because, again, also next year, you're going to need Tamar Bates to be special. And you got to get him to a point where he feels that way. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that that is the best answer. And so hopefully Indiana is able to to figure something out there. All right, let's look ahead here. Uh, we don't have uh, Andy here to give us a scouting report or coach to talk for 10 minutes about how great We've Brad Underwood is. Before. We've seen Illinois before. They are currently ranked 24th in Ken Palm. Indiana projected to win 75-71. to 71. We all remember the game up there where Indiana won 80 to 65 and played terrific. You know, that, that's the interesting thing. You know, they showed the graphic about the difference in Indiana's stats home and away. And obviously it's stark. There's a team that plays a lot better at home. And yet there aren't many teams in the country that have three road wins like Indiana does at Xavier, at Illinois and at Michigan. You know, those are three pretty good, true road wins. So this team can win, uh, you know, on the road. And obviously this game they'll have at home, you know, so hopefully they can come back and, uh, you know, get a good crowd and, and get something going. I think Illinois is probably one of the more mercurial teams in the country. Uh, they have the talent to beat anybody. You know, you listen to national guys talk and they talk about who's who do you think is most likely to make the final four from the Big Ten? And Illinois still gets mentioned because they've got talent. They've got pieces. You know, they can do some different things, but they've also lost, you know, two out of their last three. They lost uh, to Iowa uh, and they got blitzed by Penn State, uh, feeling that we know well. What's that uh, like? Yeah. Now, that led to a big turnaround for us. Let's hope that their turnaround uh, is a little bit more delayed. We got to play at home after that game. They have to come on the road. So I think we all feel good, you know, about this team. 
um, you know, coming home. And so hopefully Indiana's ready to go. And most of all, hopefully we can get some of these role players and supporting guys into the act scoring wise. I think that would be the biggest development and probably the biggest thing uh, to watch. And it'll be interesting to see if Illinois decides to defend uh, Trace a little differently because he absolutely dominated them. Uh, in the first matchup up there. in double until the second half. Yeah, so and so. by the way, we are not going to have Assembly Call Radio tomorrow night, uh, but for those of you who are in our private community, we are going to do Banner Friday on Friday. So we'll have Mike DeCourcy and then our good friend John Gassaway, who writes for ESPN, uh, an Illinois grad. Uh, he's going to come on and help us preview the Illinois game. So you'll get really good insight. Uh, John's awesome. Um, so we'll talk about uh, the Illinois game with him and lots of other stuff. So that'll be coming on Friday, for those of you who are inside the private community. Uh, all right, Ryan, let's wrap it up here. It's only 924 where you are, but it's 1124 where I am. It's time That's to time Early, to I can rest. go out, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME to get 15% off your first order. Ryan, last call over to you. Yeah, I, I again, I said it earlier, and I, I think the lesson here is don't get down 21 points on the road. I mean, it's yeah. simple as that, you know. Uh, when things aren't going well, you got to make adjustments. I think players have to make adjustments to the way they're playing. I think coaches have to make adjustments to what they're running. And and if a team shows you they can guard what you're doing, you need to make adjustments and, and you need to go away from it. And I think that Indiana in the first half really played in Northwestern's hands. And it's disappointing because you knew exactly what Northwestern was going to do. You've seen it on film all year. And Indiana just kind of walked right into it, expecting things to be different. And it wasn't. And um, so credit to again i've repeated this credit to the coaching staff and credit to the players for the way they responded in the second half but i think those those adjustments and those responses from the players need to come earlier there needs to be a sense of urgency when things start to go bad to fix it and not wait till you get to the locker room to hash it out and then have to be sprinting towards the finish against the team you should beat. northwestern's really good this year they are but man on man indiana's a better team even without xavier johnson and indiana both of these games that has played against northwestern should have won and so it's a dis- it's a disappointment. That's not to say that what Northwestern isn't great, but Indiana is the second best team in the Big Ten. And we expected them to compete for a Big Ten title before the year. We should expect them to win games like this. And that's the that's the expectation they have raised it to, too. It's not an unreasonable expectation. They put the 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 expectations at that level by getting the players they have and by playing the way they have over the last 10 games, that they should win these games. And so you can rec- respect the changes made and the effort in the second half and still be disappointed and say, Hey, this is a game they should have won. And the one at home was a game. They should have won. Doesn't take anything away from how good Northwestern is. They just took down Purdue. They've been a really good team this year, but Indiana should have won this game. And I think all of, if you asked everybody on Indiana's team, they would say the same exact thing. And so the pattern has to be those adjustments need to come sooner. And those, the, the players need to adjust what they're doing sooner. You needs to be a sense of urgency to get that done when things go sideways. When you're down 10 in the first half, that's when they need to come, not when you're down 20 and walking into halftime. So again, you score 20 points in the first half, clearly something was wrong that needs to be changed. And and hopefully moving forward, they they change it because I think they're going to face this exact kind of defense. Not as good as Northwestern, but people are going to do the exact same thing moving forward and make Indiana beat them with it. Yeah, well said. Um, 
you know, look, this is going to sound weird um, because I think you're right. This is a game Indiana should have won. I think we all, you know, believe that. I, I think, and that's not necessarily take anything away from Northwestern. I do think Indiana, man for man, has more talented players. What Northwestern has done a really good job of, and all the credit to Chris Collins and to their guards, is they really maximize the talent that they have. You know, and they play a particular system that their guys are well suited for. They do it really well. Um, and so, you know, so credit to them. Um, and, and look, this is a game, you know, Ken Palm predicted Indiana to lose by one and Indiana ends up losing by two. So it's not, you know, this is not your grandfather's loss at Northwestern. You know, this is a good team. Um, you know, and I think to a certain extent, you know, what I was going to say is these are actually when we do lose, this is what the losses should feel like where there's a lot of warts and it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to break down, but ultimately you were competitive until the end on the road against a good team. And I think the problem that we had earlier in the season is the losses didn't feel like that. Rutgers blew us out. Arizona blew us out. Kansas blew us out. Penn State blew us out. You know, well, we're basically not even competitive. And so, you know, I think when you look in totality at what Indiana did on the road over these last two games, I think it's perfectly fair to walk away from it feeling you know, okay, boy, that was a missed opportunity to get two of them. But I think overall, this team improved their road play. You know, they got down, they were able to come back, they stole one of them, they lost this one. But that's kind of what a good Big Ten team does. As you play a couple road games, you're competitive in both and you win one. And so perfectly fair to be disappointed in the, the, the result of this particular game. But I think the worry that some of us have had is, oh, man, we're going to have one of those bad losses. It's going to send us into a tailspin because we've seen it too often in the last five or six years. And that's not what happened. You know, this team rebounded from the Maryland loss to win those two big games at home, come back and steal one at Michigan, and then you lose this one. All right, I think we all would have taken three out of four in this stretch. So, you know, let's this is just kind of one. Let's put this one away. We've had our chance to talk about it, and now let's look forward to Illinois because I don't think there's anything that happened tonight that makes me feel any less confident in our ability to come out, rebound at home, play well against Illinois. And then we got to go right back out on the road and try to steal one there at Michigan state and at Purdue. It will so, be a very emotional game at Michigan state, by the way. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Absolutely. So look, uh, you know, a rough night for Indiana. Hopefully we're able to get some other guys to step up. That's obviously the biggest development that can happen uh, over these next few weeks. And hopefully we're able to reintegrate uh, Xavier back, but Disappointing result for Indiana. Uh, disappointed in how they played in the first half. Proud of how they battled back. But most importantly, they went on the road twice and got one. And so now they got to come home, uh, you know, get back on the winning track and get prepared to go back out on the road again for the last time uh, and be able to steal one. So that's going to do it. For us on this edition of the Assembly Call, if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall, and don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show, and special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo, and thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Saturday after the Illinois game. Until then. Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Tonsoni. Somewhere, coach is chasing Mrs. Tonsoni. Hey, no, it seems like it's a down night at the uh, Tonsoni household tonight. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a little muted response instead. Just honey, not tonight.
Uh, maybe. All right. All right. Well, let's beat Illinois. Feel better about this. Let's get to yeah, 10 every, wins. Everything's fine. Beat Illinois. It, it everything is fine. Is fine. I, everything yeah. is fine. I mean, look, if you lose it's fine this, right you, now, honestly, if you lose this by two and it's an even game throughout, you feel different about it. But it was it feels like a missed opportunity. That's, you know. It does what it like is. You lose a close game. It kind of, you know, I would say that about the losses this year, other than the Penn State loss, it feels like, well, Rutgers, I think the first time, I think they got smoked. It was it was closer. I think that was closer than the score. Or that, that the was Rutgers uh, game? the first Rutgers game was was not closer than the score. I mean, the score was closer than it really was. Yes. Um, but I would say Iowa missed opportunity. Both Northwest, Northwestern games felt like missed opportunities. I mean, they, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just getting over that hump, man. And, and, you know, the thing was, they had plenty of time to win this game, too. It wasn't like they raced it and tied, you know, and got it to two or, or inside five with 30 seconds left. Like, they had the opportunities for a while to make it closer and just kept fumbling it out. And I think some of that's fatigue. I think some of that's just execution. But they had chances, man, and and they did not take, a, take advantage of them. So we'll yeah. see, man. We'll see where this goes. I mean, it, you know early games are always kind of dicey, but I think they should beat Illinois. I, I think, I think Illinois is going to double trace from the jump this time. Cause they didn't the first time and he just annihilated them. Uh, but it's going to be on get, but our guys shoot better at home. Let's hope they're warm for a noon tip. Um, I can knock down mm-hmm. some shots. I think Trey Gallery is going to be big in that game. Yep. So, yep. Let's come back, get a win. Yep. Need to do it. All right. All right, y'all. We will see you guys inside the community. Uh, someone asked if the private community is like OnlyFans. Uh, that's not really something we've explored. Far less nudity. We, we clearly um, do have the talent in our group between me and Coach Adrania and Coach Tonsoni to make it OnlyFans style. So if you guys are willing to pay for that kind of content, we may start creating it. By talent. So, something to think you, about. What are you referring to? It's... I mean... You know, just how we would. You know potentially... what? Stop, 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 stop. We're just, let's end this right now. We haven't veering done AC into, After Dark for a while. Yeah, veering into <laughs> AC After Dark, and it's not after an AC radio. We'll save this for then. But we're going to we're gonna revisit this, Morris. Okay. Just our, only fan, our only fan strategy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, take requests. We can, we can put a lot of interesting stuff behind the paywall, Ryan. A lot of interesting stuff. X's and O's type stuff. Well, whenever I drop any information in the paywall, it always finds it's behind the paywall, always finds its way out. And it's like, it's supposed <laughs> to stay here, guys. No, the information in the community stays in there. It's when you drop it in the live chat that is public well, that it gets out. No, I've dropped some <laughs> stuff in the community before that I find elsewhere. And I'm like, guys, that was just for you. But apparently some of you belong to multiple sites and are spreading this around. <laughs> so bad. No more inside information. <laughs> uh all right, y'all. All Have right, a good guys. one. Yep. We'll see y'all. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 